3: Just between you and me, there's a list of grievances, a hundred miles long. There's
4: a cold silence and it can't go on. Iceland, I'm Alan Watt and this is cutting through the matrix on April the second, two thousand and eight. Newcomers, look into cuttingthroughmatrix.com and download as many shows over the years I've done on the great big great work, the New World Order as you want to and put all the pieces together for yourself and look into Alan Watson's in central.eu where you can download transcripts in the various tongues of Europe. We're surely on the highway to hell here because this great new utopia that is merging out all around us and being publicized in newspapers every day is conditioning the public to this new great prison system. I was thinking of that last talk I did on RBN concerning the raids, this massive battalions of police raids in London area. And that's the condition the police and the public to a new order of things. It reminds me of the old prison movies you'd see, very boring, depressing movies on prisons. Uh, And you'd see the, the prisoners getting thrown up against the walls every so often, and in come the goons and they throw everything around the floor and look under the mattress and so on. And it's just the same thing that's happening now. They're getting the public used to the fact that their apartment or their home it's just a prison cell and it can be raided at any time. And eventually, over the years, this will become the normal, the new normal. And everyone will adapt. All the politically correct people will adapt and say, well, I've got nothing to hide and I don't mind as a place gets ransacked. And that's what's coming down. Now in the U.S., the, the police are crying these voluntary searches to get them used to the same idea. And some U.S. states have just simply turned around and said, no, no deal. And I hope they can keep that going, because this is a must-be agenda. In other words, it was planned a long time ago. They never give up. They always come around in another direction and hit you again. with the same thing. They might call it a different name or whatever, but they don't give up. The characters do not compromise. They don't know what compromisation means and they'll come back again for the same thing. So they're they're turning the world, as I say, into a giant prison and training the public. It's all Pavlovian training, and they're using the guise of drugs, too much drugs. And we know that the CIA and MI6 and so on have been bringing the drugs in for many, many years. You can trace the drugs even in Britain back to the Rothschilds when they signed up their buyer company or Bayer company. That was a real family name. And it's now based in Switzerland, I believe. It's still going too. And they were selling lots of different potions in little chemist shops, they called them. And in every potion, there was opium or opium derivative. And they couldn't quite get the public hooked on that because the British pub system was too popular. Beer won out over the opium eventually. But they've been at this for a long time. Controlling the public through, through drugs. And the big, massive amounts of drugs that come into the country are not smuggled in through condoms inside someone's stomach. Back with more after these messages.
5: is cutting through the matrix going through some of the conditioning processes that are occurring right now now for many years they've gone by the old Stalinist agenda of making sure you build up an internal army the secret police and the open police but simply recruit vast numbers of them and pay them better and better gradually until They are your men and women. They're they're bought and paid for. They'll do whatever they're told. And they've done that all over the Western world. And and using drugs to do it. The war on drugs has been going on forever. And it will never end, of course, because they keep bringing the the vast quantities in. And too many people have come forward and admitted, from special forces especially, that they were part of bringing in heroin, etc., into the major countries. We had the whole Oliver North scandal and you couldn't get any higher than that and it was basically admitted they were bringing it in the heroin in and cocaine in and so on the effort per weaponry for their black budgets that's what they used the money for supposedly but it was all sold on the streets of the USA and people got hooked they didn't care because in total war the whole population are involved whether you know it or not and so it was, it was deemed quite uh, okay to have so many of the population uh, marked down as expendable but this war on drugs has uh, enabled police forces to basically become internal armies for a different purpose, for a purpose it was planned long ago long ago, as I say, nothing happens spontaneously it's the result of long-term planning you don't make mistakes at the top you don't make those kinds of mistakes nothing is a surprise you don't pay thousands and thousands and thousands of people in think tanks to project future and how to implement scenarios and look at the comeback and the fallout from those scenarios you don't pay them that kind of money and give them the kind of lifestyle they live in, very high you don't pay them all that to make mistakes, they don't do that and it's basically run as a science Stalin also said the next ones you must pay very well are the teachers because they are the ones who will control the generations by implanting the first indoctrinations into the minds of children. And that goes back to the willing fools. The willing fools are those people who must be used to indoctrinate others. In other words, it's far better to have people who truly believe in what they're doing. They have to be conditioned and indoctrinated first in order to indoctrinate other ones effectively. I'm talking about the teacher federation and the international UNESCO type idea of bringing in this world culture, this new world culture, all based and mixed in with the new age. You might be surprised to know that Khrushchev in the 60s 1960s had spies out working full time departments checking up on the new age movements in the west to see if they were prospering and blossoming and having an effect on the people very interesting that part of it so here's the teachers in the teachers federation this is a a, a male that went round many many teachers in the United States and elsewhere to come to a meeting and the meeting is called Seats of Compassion from April 11th to the 15th 2008 in Seattle is being held Seats of Compassion and listen to this and how it's worded it's worded towards a matriarchal system which primarily the teacher associations have have come under the fall into that very politically correct inside there Seats of Compassion is a five day gathering to engage the hearts and minds of our community. Our community, I think it's community. Communitarianism is the, the word first given to the West by Bush Sr. Our community by highlighting the vision, the vision, you see, science and programs of early social, emotional, and cognitive learning. Science, philosophy, and the world, the world's wisdom, traditions, You have wisdom traditions, see? You don't have religions. Wisdom traditions have shown us that we are one humanity. One earth family with a common destiny. I guess that's the crystal ball part, the the, the destiny part, because that's part of it. It's a religious term, you see? You either have an agenda, a plan, or you have a destiny. Then they're going to say... It's the perception and experience of this interconnectedness. We're all, we're all one, you see, interconnected. This interconnectedness that brings a profound change in human consciousness towards the realization of a compassionate, just, and sustainable world. Where we heard all this before. Hmm. Well, but we're all one and interconnected. In this 90-minute workshop for educators, parents, community leaders and youth, we'll explore some creative examples of how schools and other learning communities can instill a sense of global unity, global unity and compassionate action. Co-host Voices in Wartime, Yes Magazine, compassionate listening project and the Heritage Heritage Institute they're funding it too will showcase several projects that open the mind and heart to the sense that we're all part and responsible to a larger community of life in which our individual lives gain greater meaning you'll be enriched by music writing storytelling and group discussion and no doubt we'll throw a bit of yoga there too and meditation and visualisation and maybe some tarot reading as well and that's where the teachers go around to these workshops to get taught you see all of this stuff and that's, this is politically correct in other words it's almost like a religion you couldn't speak out against this if you were a teacher they'd look upon you as the, the leper of the community and if you have individual ideas uh, you'll be ostracized from them in fact it's very strict in its political correctness it's a religion that runs the education system today and they're all working towards the global system and that's why they are so keen on indoctrinating the very early youth young children into this great new world order where we can all sit together and meditate together and have a great jolly old time just thought I'd read that about that meeting that's coming up and while all that's happening and they're having their jolly old time and all being one here's from the BBC it's from BBC homepage and this is about the hybrids which they've uh, created and this is just a, a, prog- a predictive programming blurb but itself by Fergus Walsh medical correspondent BBC News I'm looking for the date April 1st of April 2008 It says UK's first hybrid embryos created Now they're not the first hybrid embryos It's actually human and animal combined But it's not the first time they've done it It's to get us all used to it Scientists at Newcastle University Have created part human, part animal Hybrid embryos for the first time in the UK And listen to this little way that they've said this The BBC can reveal. The BBC is a British broadcasting corporation run by the government. So they're allowed to tell you this. They they can reveal it to you now, even though we already know it's been happening before. The embryos survived for up to three days and are part of a medical research into a range of illnesses. Now, that's always the con. We can tell how concerned they are about illnesses, since they keep talking about the same illnesses for a hundred odd years, and they put millions of your charity money into it and tax money and they have nothing to help it, but they can make new humans if they want to, you see, from scratch. But they just can't cure these diseases. But they always use the poor, the poor, the ill, and the infirm as an excuse for their research. That way we don't, we're not so horrified. We say, oh, well, I guess, maybe, maybe, you know. It comes a month before MPs, as members of parliament, are to debate the future of such research. The Catholic Church describes it as monstrous. But medical bodies and patient groups, now we have official patient groups, now they always make sure there's NGOs like the Soviet Union that pretend they speak for the public. Patient groups say such research is vital for understanding of disease. Yet they really have helped us a lot in the range of disease. They argue that the work paved the way for new treatments for conditions such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Now we heard that about 50 years ago. Now here's the excuse too egg shortages under the microscope their own bundles of cells look like any other three day old embryos, in fact they're hybrids part human, part animal they were created by injecting DNA derived from human skin cells into eggs taken from cows ovaries which have virtually all their genetic material removed so what possible justification can scientists offer for doing what the Catholic Church has branded experiments of Frankenstein proportion or guess. The Newcastle team say they are using cow ovaries because, listen to this, human eggs from donors are a precious resource and in short supply. Now I almost fell off the chair laughing when I heard that because it's in the paper, the same papers and the BBC almost every week about couples um, buying eggs from women in Britain and uh, having them uh, fertilized, sent over to India and put in a human host in India to carry for nine months generally by male couples uh, so uh, I mean this is quite a, a farce as always the hybrid embryos are purely for research and would never be allowed to develop beyond 14 days when they are still smaller than a pinhead The scientists want to extract stem cells the body's master cells from the embryos in order to increase understanding of a whole range of diseases from diabetes to stroke and ultimately to produce treatments, which is another lie. Professor John Byrne from Newcastle University says the research is entirely ethical. Now here he goes. This is licensed work which has been carefully evaluated. Now who evaluated it what's well, the bioethics committees, which are the eugenic societies, you see. This is a process in a dish which and we are dealing with clumps of cells which would never go on to develop. It's a laboratory process, and these embryos would never be implanted into anyone. Aha, aha, aha. As I added that part on. That's not in the BBC one. We now have preliminary data, which looks promising, but this is very much work in project in process, and the next step is to get the embryos to survive to around six days when we can hopefully derive stem cells from them. Now, I think there's a break coming up, so I'll be back in a few moments.
4: Uh, I've some problems with the sound It's my end I think this is a dirty slide switch And these things happen in studios I'm not having a studio here It's at the other end So I'll try and Hear the brakes coming up Um, Now we'll go to the phones now We've got Robert from New York there Are you there Robert? Hello? Yes Yes, I have two completely uh, separate
1: questions I'd like to ask. Uh, the first is in regards to your your discussion about the drugs in the beginning of the show. Uh, my question is, do you know if they alter the drugs they ship in at all? Meaning, do they make them more addictive, maybe more toxic, have them produce different effects
4: uh, when you get them on the street? I have no doubt that they do. Uh, they degrade them. And uh, depending on the process they use to extract the opium and clean it and so on, the same with cocaine, you can end up with different effects on the user as well, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, figured And so. also it's very possible, I wouldn't have asked them too, to have made really good hybrids, maybe even genetically modified them, just like they did with tobacco plants to give more nicotine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they've done the same things with these particular plants as well. They wouldn't miss that opportunity
1: yeah probably definitely for sure and my second question is you've mentioned um that uh, the technology received on the ground is decades behind uh the internet in the 30s um, cell phones in the 50s um, what uh what do you know or believe to be the most advanced technology that
4: we have attained um some of the most advanced definitely is, is to do with uh uh, well apart from the, the fact that they can actually control your mind remotely right now if they want to As, that can be done um, they can affect your body and your functions in your body remotely by any cell phone tower that, now that was published this year or uh, late last year from finland of all places where they were doing research and they can actually from a cell phone a national an tower analyze the the patterns the signature patterns of Different bodies around, uh, in that area is the line of sight, so that's miles and miles. Pick out an individual if they wish and literally beam from that tower without moving anything on it. They can actually zone in on you in a three foot radius and, uh, uh literally affect your bodily functions, uh, or your mind or whatever. That's now, that was from, declassified from the Finnish government. So they have that kind of, uh, stuff. Uh, they also have their flying saucers that have been around since about the, the 40s, 50s. And they've been making them, uh, not just in the U.S., they've been making them in Britain too, not in Scotland. These were very famous for getting seen off uh, off Mossy Mouth and Finthorn area. And you'd sit and watch these things. Some of them came out of the water, some of them came out of underground uh, bases, just like Area 51. And this kind of technology too is amazing because the speeds they travel at are incredible and they can literally zip across the sky and stop on a dime. Uh, now, if they're, if they're piloted at all, they have to be altered to handle those kind of velocities and stopping. They have to new, have new technologies to create a different kind of atmosphere or gravity within the ship itself, so probably you'd break the neck in any pilot, and it can stop on a dime. Uh, so these things have been around for, for many, many years. Uh, we don't know, we're not told, at least, what the how they're powered, they can blink out of sight uh, and reappear again maybe five minutes later in the same spot without some sort of cloaking device of what we don't know. But these are very, very uh, advanced um, craft, and uh, they were here before the, the Roswell nonsense. So we probably have uh,
1: a much more advanced uh, space program or interstellar
4: travel achieved than we can imagine. Uh, it, we don't know how far they're into interstellar travel. They still haven't explained the Van Allen Belt and how they'd get through it. Because technically anything going through it would be fried by radiation. And that's never been explained to us if they can get through. Even, they couldn't even answer that question about going to the moon, how they got through it. They didn't have any answers.
1: Wow. Um, well, I'm, uh, that's uh, all I got,
4: Alan. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for calling bye, Anna now we've got Antonio from Maryland there you there Antonio?
2: yeah yes. Hello, Alan yes, yes, how are you? Um, not so bad yeah, that's good. um I was calling um if, if if I may can I um um add on to a couple of things that your first caller just uh, mentioned um as far as um drugs being a little more addictive and everything the uh you know crack cocaine is
4: actually. Um, do you want me a hold over? I hear the music. Okay, that's on after the break. I think he's coming in.
6: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
4: something about crack, was it?
2: Uh, Yes, I was going to say uh, crack cocaine was the government's uh, uh, more addictive formulation for the American public, and I guess for the rest of the world out there, spread. And their official um, uh, statement on that is is that, um, you know, that the CIA or any um, U.S. government organization was not involved in that. It was a Soviet uh, lie that was spread. to uh, you know, pretty much to displace the part of the American people on on the origins of crack
5: cocaine.
4: Yeah, and um, I was the same thing too with the, some of the variations of marijuana. We know they were hybrid too by the military, and uh, and even eventually declassified the fact that they'd done it with the the, the actual product numbers and so on, mm-hmm. according to particular plants. So they have made things far more potent than ever before.
2: All right. Um, and to get back on topic real quick, the only other thing I wanted to talk with you about was that uh, um, I guess uh, pretty much um, most of your listeners probably realize that the government has been um, pretty much been sending, almost with you know vast approval from the uh, the majority of the public, sending their countrymen overseas to learn and to be conditioning the technique of um, urban combat warfare, so that when they do come back, that um, it, Almost coincidentally, they will almost not notice that these individuals will join the law enforcement departments—you know, local, state, and um, federal agencies, private agencies—and these are the same individuals that have become, as I say, become conditioned uh... the for urban combat and for killing, and you know, we know all the this news stories we have heard about torturing and everything else uh... without any. It was
4: published in the newspapers here that 95% over the last five years, I think it is, of police recruitment in the U.S., 95% is taken from guys returning immediately from overseas right into the police forces. But it also has published in Canada that the Multi-Jurisdictional Task Force, now these are cops from SWAT teams and every town and village has them now, uh, they're sent over in batches with the troops and they showed a, a segment here on CBC television of them doing the same thing along with the soldiers bashing, you know, kicking down the doors and going in with the, with their guns and, and uh, getting all the, dragging all the people up. So you're, they're, they're training the cops as well. They're getting their turnover there as well to get uh, trained in the same type of techniques. And Nothing you're like right. Real they won't training. care. Yeah. Yeah. They won't care uh, who you are. It's all the same job to them, and that's all part of the conditioning, so you're quite right. Yeah.
2: yeah, you're right. And I guess these will be the individuals that they will turn loose on the docile and apathetic public if they do not yes. awaken right. and realize what's going on. There's, there's,
4: no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that's coming.
2: All right. Well, I'll let you go, Alan, and it was
4: nice talking with you again. And you have a good evening. So thanks for calling. Now i have got uh, Rick from California. Are you there, Rick?
3: Yes. Uh, hi, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad i can hear you pretty well Um, i have a a question i've been meaning to ask you Um, i've been reading some of these um, afrocentric or african historians um, about uh, people coming over to america from africa before columbus and i was wondering what you could say about the veracity or lack of 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 those claims
4: you know i haven't really gone into that i've gone into um, some of the, the much more ancient uh, migrations of people into the Americas um, I've no doubt whatsoever that people in Latin America and uh, in Inca and different cultures were brought over from a place near the north of, over the north of India called Mustang because if you look at their, their, their drawings their, their, uh, the, the, the stellas they've carved out and their monuments and so on and even the hats they wore for ceremonies they're identical and I think they were probably ferried back and forth by the Phoenicians because part of what they did was to move populations across the world to be uh, slave labor. And ah. when they died off or moved off, I think they left them behind. But there's too many too many um, similarities between them and, and the natives of the north uh, of Mustang.
3: Yeah. Thank you for answering that. I have another question. Um, um, this is kind of like, do you, do you think that we, um, you know, earthlings are, are going to be able to travel to... Um, planets on other star systems in the future, or do you think that uh, we are getting close to that
4: kind of technology? Um, we earthlings will, would never be given a chance, a snowflake chance in hell of yeah. traveling in outer space. <laughs> well, do, do, I mean, do the elites
3: though, have they marked out any planets that they that they're going to conquer? And uh, that
4: they've have, marked out planets. The NASA did a two a two dollar documentary with uh, David Suzuki narrating it on their plans. To go to other planets and mainly for mining purposes, uh-huh. and by huge projects with uh, machines that are using so, uh, new kinds of energy drives, um, and but these will be very long-term uh, agendas. Uh, as, far as, as far as I know, they wouldn't take any humans along for the ride. They don't get the like as commoners; they'll be special people only, I'm sure, and maybe even specially bred people for for the long journeys
3: i was i was reading something about nasa is going to put up something in 2014 it called terrestrial planet finder and they'll be able to find even chlorophyll in the atmospheres from radio spectro- spectroscopy analysis and they'll be able to see optically planets around most out. of what nasa
4: tells us is nonsense is pe- is public relations right but nasa's job nasa's job is to put satellites up there to track us now and for all the tracking and gizmos and gadgets that we'll be tracking us very shortly. It's a military-industrial complex, and NASA's one of the biggest parts of it. And they give us all this nonsense about doing experiments in space to see if, if, if spiders can breed happily. And that's all nonsense. Right. Uh, that's, drivel, that's, that's just drivel to the public. It covers up the real agenda. And uh, you know, NASA's definitely part of the military-industrial complex. Like all the satellites, these masses and of satellites, one day will be controlling everybody, and i mean controlling them who have a chip implant in them, and that, that's what they're putting up there now. They're, they're not into uh, to see if one planet has chlorophyll or not.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay, um, well, my last question is, um, Monsanto means holy mountain, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay. alright, well thank you very much Alan, you have a nice day. Yeah, thanks for calling.
4: Okay, sure and we got to Daniel in California. Are you there, Daniel? I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello, da- Yes, I can.
7: Hey, what's going on, Alan? Um, check it out. You know, a couple months back, uh, you got a ha- you had a guy call in asking you all these uh, Jesus questions, and you guys got into a little a little beef over. You were telling him basically that you weren't going to argue with him over his belief, which I thought was uh-huh. great because you know you were right. You know, the, uh, there's enough pro and cons for. Religion, you can keep the argument going on forever. But recently I went on YouTube, and uh, this guy put out a video trying to refute what you were saying. And uh, what strikes me is that this guy, he's not thinking, you see. He's saying that, because you were basically saying that his, uh, you know, there's a lot of religions out there with sun gods, whose virgin births and everything, which is verifiable, because even, even the, the, the Mayan texts say that. About some of the, in, and the Incas too. And, uh, uh how about Varicoa who was, who was born at a virgin birth who, who, uh, died on a cross or actually on two planks of wood. You know, so the story is very verifiable everywhere, but this guy's basically trying to say that you're part of this, uh, the Illuminati and saying that you're, that, you know, that even though you were invited at one point to these, uh to these functions and you were asked to, to join higher level ups he's taking that as you're
4: actually part of them what do you have anything to say about that but i would never comment on one little individual's thoughts
7: yeah it was funny you no. know because this this guy is a perfect example as you know it's funny because at the beginning he is agreeing with you he's like you know he he, he praised you for for uh expo- for exposing the things that you do but then again, when it came to his belief and when you shook that, it basically scared him. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, like, you know, your mother, you know, your mother for your, your whole life. And when somebody comes and tells you, look, this, this, and this about your mother a long time ago, they're going to be like, no, they're going to shut you off. Play
4: those caves, right. basically. You, you you frighten them in their paradigm. You see that the little safety box you live in, yeah. uh, you threaten that, you suddenly make them afraid. And generally, when people are the attack, that which is unknown to them. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, standard I
7: just find it funny because these, these guys, like, they they don't go and do the research otherwise. They just go do the research that, that like you said, you know, the uh, they they follow the truth under their conditions. You know, un, they don't want unconditional. You know, truth is not wanted in the world. You know, that's understandable. But these guys are, they can agree with you on certain things, but when it comes to their faith and in, in, in a certain God, they're going to try to. Oh yes.
4: You know, basically, that's why we've had war and and conflict down through the ages. And of course, the elites use all of this. Like, as we fight each other, it's very, very handy for them. As as we all kill each other. I mean, personally, I wouldn't care if Jesus uh, had a a virgin mother. I I wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter to me. Yeah, that's not the point. Yeah, definitely. You know, and and I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if he walked on water or not. I think all you're left with are the parts that he said, which are eternal truths. Uh, and basically, if you had followed some basic, simple laws, it would be a much, much nicer place. But unfortunately, the dogma of the old religion was dumped right on top of Christianity and covered it from the very beginning, once, once Rome took it over, uh, because they already had the alma mater, the Queen of Heaven, and they put her back in as Mary.
7: You know, it, 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 they, it just kind of it, it makes it evident that how the, the, the heavy overdose that our country
4: has of religion...
7: You know, uh... Oh,
4: it's incredible. It's <laughs> incredible. And Benjamin Franklin talked about that, and he brought over Wesley to, to talk. Even though, though he himself, I mean, Franklin says, I can be uh, a Mohammed in, in, in uh, Arabia. He says, I can be uh, a Buddha, a Buddhist and with, with uh, the Buddhists. He says, I can be a Christian with the Christians. In other words, he was a man for all season, yeah. with Mason, as Mason is supposed to be. Uh, but he brought over Wesley. Because you said that religion is going to be necessary uh, for, for the, the mission that the United States has to fulfill.
2: Oh, so yeah. They, man, you they,
4: know, they have to use the U.S. Yeah,
7: um, it, It's crazy. You know, I even get pamphlets in the mail telling me that this, this one book that they sent me, I got it in the other day. And I was reading it. I was going through it because I, I like to read the other side stuff. You know, I, I'm not yeah. going to close myself off to them. You know, I'm, I'm going to read and see what the stuff that they're trying to feed people, and 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 I know people eat it right up. But they sent me a book yeah. trying to say that they had all the answers. They know the mark of the beast. They know who it is, what, now, and all this. You know, who, what, when, where, why. They know all of it. And the answers
4: are all yeah. in this one book. And that's they just it. happened it's, to send it to me I mean, in and the I've mail. They've had, had many final answers and final books over oh, the last yeah. 50, 100 years. And that's <laughs> what, that's
7: why I find it so funny, you know, that they're going to send me this stuff,
4: feeding, trying to feed me these...
7: These, these ideas you know and, and yeah. what, what's a little scary is that you know people actually believe this stuff and, and do you believe that we could bring this about ourselves just by you know the, the character is fate deal that you know if we if so
4: what, what you can be sure of is that these characters who are running the world are using revelations as a plan oh, yeah. step by step they're using it they're using it because they have a like conditioned public who will put it all down to is God's will And it'll simply just lay down our arms, right? Uh All right, Alan. Thanks. It was good talking to you again. Thanks for a call. Now, what, Kevin in Connecticut? Are you there, Kevin? Hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. How are you doing?
0: I'm very good. Hey, I've been listening to your show for a while now, and a friend of mine told me about your show, and I'm really glad he did. Uh, I've learned a lot, and I just want to say thank you. Um, I have a a couple of questions, too, actually. Number one, um, from listening to what you're saying uh, over the last couple of months, what I'm wondering is you see a term in in the book of Genesis where they refer to the Nephilim, and I'm wondering if that's maybe some kind of Masonic joke or, or whatever, but what, to your understanding, is exactly what's being referred to in there?
4: Uh, you're talking about the the the, the Nephilim. Yes. Uh, it's all a very confusing term. It's also actually... Um, Nephilim is also the name of the Nordic, uh, land of the dead. So uh, there's a play on that there too, and the giants and the sons of God, you know, the look Down, etc. Um, it goes much, much deeper than that because in ancient times... The human gods, very human gods, live up high in the mountains in caves. We know from Sumer that they used to go up there and feed them and leave offerings. And the case for these characters. And um, they were the first. They became the first priesthoods. They studied the peoples for long, long times, watched their behaviour from above, and uh, legend of the seasons studied astronomy, the stars, charted it all. And they became the first priests. So. So technically, those on the high were the giants, those who lived up in the hills, the mountains, and studied the people. Yeah.
0: Now, the other question I have is, I mean, I listen to a lot of uh, Patriot Radio and this and that, but it, it, the question I have for you is, it just seems like there's so much going on. in here. you talk about the fact that everything, as far as you're concerned, with the elite, with the big boys, if you put it, is right on course. So... What is the best thing that, that we little people, for lack of a better term, what can we really do? What's the best way to stand against these people? Because it seems like all the cards you, are stacked you, you,
4: against. Can, you can never stand against them as a physical army. Because, number yeah. one, we don't, you don't have an organized physical army to stand against them. You, you have to start. If you live in cities, get out of cities if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn to live simply with less and at least outside of the major harm's way, cities will be cut off. They'll have ration cards eventually in cities for their food, and there will be chaos there. A lot of these big exercises in terrorism mm. is to do with riots in city. That's what they're really there for. You can right. riots that will come down the pipe. You don't want to be near them. Get out of the city, stock up on food and basics, right. and uh, very simply, with as very little money as possible, and uh, give yourself at least that much of a breathing space from right. what's coming down.
0: Yeah. When, when, what kind of time frame do you think we're looking at?
4: Uh, well, the, the, the Department of Defense in Britain has already stated from about 2010 for the next 30 years of the escalating riots as they cut down our energy consumption, gasoline, food. In fact, food is going to be a major one. Um, medical here is going to the pits, medical attention and care is going down the tubes. that uh, They're going to give us minimalistic health care. It's already happening in Canada big time and Britain and other countries. Um, and so you'll, you should stock up on different um, antibiotics, things that you might need in the future while you can still get them.
0: Wow, that's that's good. Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'll get off the phone so somebody else can call through. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for calling.
4: And I'll be back with more after this break. This jolly old matrix. And Eric from Ohio on the line. There, Eric.
6: Hi, Mr. Watt. How are you?
4: How are you doing, Eric? (laughs)
6: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, One of the persons earlier was talking about the GM drugs and stuff like genetically modified drugs. And the marijuana from like 30 years ago did not have the THC that it has now. So I'm sure that stuff's all been modified. And, yes, I
4: have,
6: yeah. And then last uh, last show, some lady was talking that she wanted to talk about the masonry uh, and how they advance. And my experience when I was a mason, let me specify that very clearly. Two degrees. You were 32 degrees there, weren't you? No, I was three degrees. Okay. Um, the uh, They kept, uh, when uh, when you'd come up situations that were kind of shady, they wanted to make sure they they'd... Want you to go a certain direction. and Of course, you know it was a little bit too ethical for that. But I never really passed the test. Um, but they're yeah. really insistent upon me getting or taking something the York rights or the uh, Scottish rights, mostly Scottish rights yeah. around here, um, and getting those particular sets of degrees. And if you show an interest in the, in those things, then they'll they'll I'm sure they'll advance you into other things. Uh, as far yeah. Making ranks, particularly in, in you know government bureaucracies and things. Yeah. But I, but I also heard the same thing for people working in, say, with General Electric. You, if you were a mason, then they would progress you up faster in in in,
4: in the different chains in in the in the organization. For sure. Yeah, as the same in education system with Eastern Star Run them through there. Yeah. And school boards and police, police as well. Police. Uh, oh, your a lot of your, your police,
6: mansions. a lot of your police are masons. And uh, there's yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember. It was one book about the uh, the Masons in the Scottish the Scotland Yard, and there was lots of them and, and lots of strange things that went on. And supposedly the Jack the Ripper was protected from other Masons. And in fact I actually read yes. from one of the Mason publications talking about that. Um, the show, the, the movie called The Good Shepherd, that came on. Um, yeah, that one is sort of like masonry on steroids but you'll notice in in the process that they immediately provided him with a wife uh... Mm -hmm. they didn't want him with with a deaf woman because she was probably genetically inferior Mm -hmm. Um, The when he did they would approach him and he would do what they wanted him to do nasty things uh... you notice that he kept progressing up the ladder that way And they really wanted someone without a conscience, and that that particular character didn't have much of one.
4: No, he was psychopathic in his own right. now. Um,
6: and so that's a that's a pretty good example of it. Now, a lot of your masons probably will, if they're listening here, probably say, oh, I never had that experience, and it's quite possible that they were already screened out earlier on that they weren't going to even approach them. Or yes, maybe they yeah. didn't have any particular power or things that they authority that the, that was useful for the other masons, so they were basically
4: yes. left alone if, if you have some ability or, or power of command over in an area uh, you could be advanced very quickly even within a week up the ladder yeah.
6: well listen that's all i have to say and take care of yourself
4: uh, thanks for calling eric all right bye bye talk to you again I eric's yeah, a mason and bureaucracy too oh here the music coming so from Hamish and myself up in a still kind of cool interior Canada. It's good night and may your God or your gods go with you.